From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. Well, it's the Jack and James show this morning, uh, as Katie is taking a day off here. And, of course, you can make it a triumphant trio by calling us at 800-969-9352. As it is, only a dynamic duo. But, uh, nevertheless, we'd like to hear from you. Plenty of things to talk about here this morning. Yesterday's observances of 9-11 on the 21st anniversary. We'll be talking a lot about that. And, uh, also... The, um, well, a few other things to talk about as well, for sure. Um, and T. Krasnick, Tom Krasnicki will be joining us in the next half hour because we've got plenty of sports from over the weekend as the Buccaneers cranked up their season. And as you heard, they beat the Cowboys 19 to 3. Nice. Yep. That was sweet. You got to watch it. And uh, the Rays didn't do so well. They lost to the Yankees 10-4. to um, They'll open up against the Blue Jays up there tonight in Toronto. Um, and they'll be tonight through Thursday. And then they'll be home this coming weekend with the uh, Rangers in town. Uh, as for the Bucks, they'll be... At the New Orleans Saints, that's a 4 o'clock game next Sunday. In week three, we'll finally see them at home as the Green Bay Packers come to town. That's going to be a 4 o'clock game as well. And by the way, if you're into college football, which I certainly am, um, the Gators were beaten by Kentucky 26-16 to at a USF. Blew out Howard University 42 to 20. And, um, they're going to be at the Florida Gators this coming Saturday. So that'll be quite a game, USF and the Gators. Uh, but nevertheless, plenty to talk about with Tom Krasnicki coming up in the next half hour. And of course, being that it's Moon Day or Monday, we will be hearing from Lionel. In the 6 o'clock hour here, it'll be interesting to see what he's going to be talking about. I follow him on Twitter, at Lionel Media, and uh, he brings up a lot of different subjects, and he's got a great take on them. So I never know what it is he's going to be talking about. By the way, one thing I do want to talk about here, and, and maybe if you were there, you can give us a call and describe it, but... The uh, 9-11 memorial ceremonies at uh, Palm Harbor yesterday. And that's uh, Florida's largest permanent memorial. And there are about 2,000 people there, including our Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, at the uh, Curlew Hills Memory Gardens. And um, this is quite a place. It's quite a memorial. It's the largest 9-11 memorial in Florida. They've got an eternal flame that burns brightly underneath a granite replica of the Twin Towers. And large monuments surround the 150-pound steel beam 
and it lists the names of all 343 firefighters who died on 9-11 and the 2,977 people who made the sacrifice, and they had other guest speakers as well. And they've got a... Um, They've got a beam there that came from the trade center, from the wreckage there. And they've got that beam as part of the memorial. I was there when they opened that many years ago. And it's quite a tribute to 9-11. And that's where the governor was yesterday. And if you were there, we'd love to hear from you to describe the events at 800-969-352. It's 5:11, and time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Quick takes, ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time, providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris and Chris Trankman here from the newsroom and. What do we got going on here this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, the NFL obviously underway, and we had a nice victory from the Bucks last night on Sunday Night Football. 19 to 3 over the Cowboys. So the Buccaneers have a long tradition of senior quarterbacks. You may have heard that uh, Tom Brady is now the oldest player to uh, ever start a quarterback in the history of the NFL, 45 years old. Yeah, definitely so. So anyone else sound familiar that you might think might be on that list? I don't know. I'd have to, uh, well, you'll have to tell me. How about Steve DeBerg? Oh, Steve DeBerg. Yeah, Steve DeBerg. Old buddy of mine. Yeah, Brady passed Steve DeBerg as one of the all-time oldest quarterbacks. He, of course, was a buck in the creamsicle era, and he started his last game at 44 years old. How about Vinny Testaverde? Oh, yeah, Vinny was a good buddy of mine as well. (laughs) That's right. Vinny Testaverde was also 44, played for the Bucs. Some of the other ones in that club, Warren Moon, uh, started his last game at 44. Doug Flutie, I don't know if you remember him. Oh yeah, I Boston College too. star, and you know then played in the NFL. It's one of the shorter quarterbacks. He was 43 when he started his last game, so he had a surprisingly yeah. long pro career considering he wasn't that tall. Yeah, I uh, of course worked with the Buccaneers broadcasting three different. Eras yeah. three different times, <laughs> including back when they were zero and twenty six. Yeah, but uh, so I got to know well Deberg. He kind of liked beer like I do. Is that right? <laughs> so, so we got along, had some good road trips. I don't miss the creamsicle uniforms that much, although I do like to see them once in a while in the uh, when they do the throwback. Yeah, colors. I don't know if they're doing that with the Bucks this year, but it's cool to see them every once in a while. Yep. So Queen Elizabeth's coffin is being moved to Edinburgh, Scotland today for a public viewing. King Charles and members of the royal family are also traveling to Scotland. They'll be taking part in the procession. Tens of thousands of people will line the procession's route. And interestingly enough, the the kids of uh, the Queen and the grandkids got together. Now there's a surprise appearance with Harry and Meghan along with William and his wife, which, you know, have been all over the tabloids of not getting along. So, yeah. you know, obviously, whatever differences they may have, they're putting them aside so that they can be there for the uh, services with the Queen. Yeah, that's good. And uh, the Queen was here one time. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah, that's right. She made a 
a, a stop in Florida a couple of times over her reign. Uh, the last time was some decades ago, though, yeah. back in the 90s. So it's important to remember the bravery we saw on 9-11. That's what Governor DeSantis was saying in Pinellas County yesterday. He spoke in Palm Harbor at the Curlew Hills Memory Gardens, marking the 21st anniversary of the attacks. He says it's important to remember so that people who weren't around back then know the importance of uh, how of what happened that day and uh, you know how we have to uh, fight against terrorism. Mm. Yeah, I remember where I was. I was sitting right here, and Ted Webb was sitting where you were as we watched it happen on TV. It's incredible. Yeah, it happened in, uh, just after Morning Drive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of those morning shows were, were on the air. Yeah, we stayed on the air because the first one, we thought it was just a, a horrible accident, and we were right. reporting on that. And I just remember looking up at the TV screen and seeing that second plane, and I thought, planes aren't even supposed to fly over New York. I may yeah. have said that on the air, and all of a sudden it went behind the building, and boom, yeah. flames shot out of that building. And I looked at Ted then, and said man we are under attack terrible yeah yeah a lot of people who were on that plane made phone calls uh and one of the things that they were talking about was they were looking down out of the plane and they could see the river and then of course they saw the new york skyline uh which was right there you know right in front of them which you know clearly showed something was wrong and uh, that's how those terrorists were able to guide those planes they followed the hudson river all the way into Manhattan. Yeah. And then uh, the Twin Towers, of course, stick out very clear to see, and you know, that's how they were able to, to guide those planes into those buildings. NASA is hoping to once again launch the Mega Moon rocket, hopefully this month. The space agency replaced some leaky fuel seals on the Artemis 1, and it was that fuel leak that forced them to call off the launch of the rocket earlier this month. It's the first uncrewed test flight of the Artemis program to the moon. Eventually, it'll bring astronauts back up there if they can get the tests done. But obviously, they got to get the test rocket up first. Oh, yeah. Make sure it works. Yeah, this is going to take a while. Yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, turned out to be a lot trickier than they had hoped. Um, you know, you, you think you get all these things ready. They've had a lot of delays in the uh, construction, cost overruns and whatnot. They finally had it ready. And, of course, we saw the two scrubs, which shows that, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a tricky thing to make sure they get everything perfect yeah. for, the, for the launch. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually get it up in September. Yes, indeed. We hope so. Well, you'll hear more coming up here at the bottom of the hour in 10 minutes with... Our man, um, Chris Trinkman, and we'll hear from you then. We'll see you then, Jack. Okie doke. It's 521 on AM Tampa Bay. We're going to hear from uh, Ron and St. Pete in just a minute, remembering 9-11. And, uh, but right now, we're going to check in with John Thomas and traffic. The customer's not currently under contract. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 526 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to get on board here, 800-969-9352. We go to the phones now and Ron in St. Petersburg. And what's on your mind this morning, Ron? Well, I remember uh, meeting you, Jack. A long time ago, uh, at a golf outing, I believe, 
Where were we? I'm sure you. Is a golf outing? Ah. Well, and I, I remember meeting you. And I was, and I always listen to nine seventy WFLA, and I, and I thought I'd call in this morning about nine eleven. Yeah, what do you recall about that? Well, I remember being home. Uh, I didn't have to go to work early that morning, and and uh, my mother-in-law called and wanted to talk to my wife, and she had already went to work, and she said, "Turn on the news. Uh, there's a fire in New York." So I turned on the news, and I was watching the uh, the uh, I believe it was the North Tower burning. Yeah, and, and I was in amazement, and then I watched the second uh, tower being hit, and kind of surprised me, and uh, it blew up. And I watched the whole thing, and and pretty soon the tower. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's why we have a delay, right? Yeah. That's- that's why James is in there as our dumper. I've always been a fan of you. Uh, you always uh, shoot from the hip, and 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 I do too. I'm a Vietnam vet. Ah. And, uh, well, thanks for your service. I, yes, thank you. And uh, and I and my ship, the Kitty Hawk, is being dismantled and turned into razor blades. And I thought Ron DeSantis might rescue it for a museum. In, in uh, Tallahassee, or I mean uh, Pensacola. Yeah, I thought it'd be a great museum. But anyways, uh, I was uh, watching the uh, news develop, and I watched the whole thing, and and the fire is coming down, and the buildings coming down, and and I I thought this can't be happening. I thought it was almost like it was made up. Yeah, and and I watched the towers come down. And all the people running around, and and uh, yeah, I was in, uh, I was set I was set back. Well, it was it was very tragic, and I mean, like you, we were just surprised, Teddy and I, in here to watch what was happening and and be overwhelmed, and then of course to learn about it later what happened. Of course, they went after the Pentagon, and uh, also trying to apparently go after the White House or congress or something like that that one got attracted and taken down in shanksville pennsylvania but we'll talk more about it later it's 529 on am tampa bay now taking a look back at this day in history on am tampa bay with jack harris and at 537 this day in history is presented by the duncan duo today in history for september 12th 1609, Henry Hudson began his exploration of the Hudson River. Of course, it wasn't named that then, but he was aboard the uh, Halve Mine. I hope I pronounced that right. 1814, the Battle of North Point, an American detachment halts the British land advance to Baltimore in the War of 1812. In 1847, Mexican-American War, the Battle of Chapultepec begins. 1857, the SS Central America sinks about 160 miles off Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, drowning a total of 426 passengers and crew. 
and a ship was carrying 13 to 15 tons of gold from the California gold rush. 1933, Leo Zillard, waiting for a red light on Southampton Row in Bloomsbury, conceives the idea of the nuclear chain reaction. In 1940, the Hercules powder plant disaster in the U.S. kills 51 and injures over 200. 1942, the, uh, well, I lost my place on here, the oh, Battle of Edson's Ridge during the Guadalcanal campaign, U.S. Marines protecting Henderson Field are attacked by Imperial Japanese Army troops. 1953, uh, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy marries Jacqueline Lee Bouvier at St. Mary's Church in Newport, Rhode Island. Opened all your wedding gifts. Uh, well, I've opened quite a few of them, and I sent them all to Washington. We just have a couple back here. The little soundtrack that James came up with from that wedding. 1958, Jack Kilby demonstrates the first working integrated circuit while working at Texas Instruments. 1959, the Soviet Union launches a large rocket, Lunik 2, at the moon. And in 1959, Bonanza premieres the first regularly scheduled TV program presented in color. Remember this, Jack? Oh, yes. <laughs> I used to watch that with my grandmother, some uh, some of the reruns on TV. Oh, yeah. And it's still rerunning. I bounce past it very often. Hoss Cartwright. Uh, 1962, President Kennedy delivered his We Choose to Go to the Moon speech at Rice University. 1966, Gemini 11, the penultimate mission of the NASA's, NASA's Gemini program and the current human altitude record holder, except for the Apollo lunar missions. 1983, a Wells Fargo depot in West Hartford, Connecticut, is robbed of about $7 million by Los Macateros. In 1984, a local guy here, Dwight Gooden, set the baseball record for strikeouts in a season by a rookie with 276, previously set by Herb Score in 1954. And Gooden's 270 C strikeouts that season, pitched in 218 innings, set the current record. 1992, NASA launches Space Shuttle Endeavor on STS-47, marked the 50th shuttle mission on board May Carol Jemison, the first African-American woman in space. Mamoru Mori, the first Japanese citizen to fly in a spaceship. And Mark Lee and Jan Davis, the first married couple in space. 1994, Frank Eugene Corder fatally crashes a single-engine Cessna 150 into the White House's south lawn, striking the west wing. No other casualties. Um, in 2008, the 2008 Chatsworth train collision in L.A. between a Metrolink commuter and a Union Pacific freight train kills 25. 
In 2013, NASA confirms that its Voyager 1 probe has become the first man-made object to enter interstellar space. In 1898, the first shipment of Budweiser beer arrives in Tampa. There you go. I love it. (laughs) And 9-11, since we weren't here yesterday, 1963, black children enrolled in white schools for the first time in Tampa at West Shore and Jackson Heights Elementaries. And this day in history presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate uh, team in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo.com. And it's 542 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in on traffic with John Thomas. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Well, the big story this morning is sports. The Rays were beaten, but our uh, Buccaneers won, and we got Tom Krasnicki, or T Kras, as he's known, who is um, a host along with Ronnie, Ron and T Kras show. At 95.3 WDAE, also on AM at 6.20. And plenty happening this weekend between the Rays and the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Jack. You know, the Buccaneers looked good last night. Defensively, they won that game. They knocked Dak Prescott out of the game. You know, Tom Brady was good, not great, but it was about running the football. Leonard Fournette had a big game. And it was about the defensive effort holding the Cowboys to just three points. And I think that's the formula Todd Bowles, the new head coach, is going to lean on all season long. With Brady being 45 years old, they had another injury to another offensive lineman last night. Donovan Smith went out with an elbow injury. So they're just in shambles up front and they're just trying to kind of like piece things together. I think they're going to lean on their running game and their defense to win a lot of games. Yeah, they've got to find a way to... Uh, protect their quarterback because he's 45 years old and needs that kind of protection. But it's amazing that he's still doing what he's doing. Yeah, and his arm looks great. I mean, there were times last night where he showed up plenty of arm strength, and Julio Jones looked outstanding as well. I mean, he looks like the Julio Jones from four or five years ago when he was with the Falcons. So there's a lot to like about what the Buccaneers did offensively, particularly with their running game and what they did defensively. And now they've got a big game next week. Jameis Winston and the Saints, they had a big comeback win yesterday over the Falcons, so the Bucks go to New Orleans. Two teams who absolutely hate each other. Yeah, Jameis Winston, who used to be a quarterback here, uh, now for the New Orleans Saints. That'll be a 4 o'clock game. We don't get a home game until two weeks from yesterday when the Packers come to town. And the Packers didn't look great. Uh, next week's game's a 1 o'clock game. They'll be at New Orleans. That's oh, a one, 1 o'clock. o'clock. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Yes. I like the 1 o'clock games. Yeah, as do I. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rays beaten by the Yankees. Uh, they've got, the, I think, the sixth best. Well, six teams have a better record than they do, so... They're still in pretty decent shape, aren't they? Well, they are, Jack. I mean, they're four games behind the Yankees in a loss column for the division. But right now, I mean, when you look at the wild card, they're basically in a tie with Seattle for the wild card. With Toronto right there, I mean, all three teams basically are tied. And now the Rays go to Toronto for a big series up in Toronto. Five games up in Toronto over the next uh, four days or so. So this is going to be a big series for the Rays. 
Yeah, and we will get them back ultimately with the Rangers for the weekend. Yeah, and that's a team that they're going to have to take advantage of, you know, in a big way. But, I mean, first things first, I mean, Blue Jays, five games in a four-day span, and one of their better relievers, Brooks Raley, didn't make the trip up to to Toronto because he isn't vaccinated. And Toronto, Canada still has some of those rules with vaccination, and unfortunately one of their better relievers is not going to be around for a very big series up there. Yeah. And for Gator fans, maybe not a very good year coming up. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, Jack, but I'll say that it was disappointing on Saturday night because such a big win last weekend over a top-10 team in Utah. They get the Kentucky Wildcats at their place and give Kentucky a lot of credit. They took advantage of a lot of Gator mistakes. Anthony Richardson threw a couple of bad interceptions, and the Wildcats were able to get the victory. But things do get better for Florida because they play USF this week. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be quite a game. USF, who, by the way, beat Howard over the weekend. And they were losing to Howard, 7 nothing after the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be quite a game with the Gators. Anyway, T-Crass down the hall at 95.3 WDAE with the Ronnie and T-Crass show. And also, by the way, 6.20 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Historic WDAE, the first radio station in the state of Florida. You were reminding me that during the break. We'll just throw that <laughs> in there, too. Thank you, Tom. Have a great day, Jack. All right, you too. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got our traffic. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 5.54, it is time to bring on Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And this report is brought to you by Fitzgerald Automotive. And uh, Rory, we've got uh, Queen Elizabeth, the memorial service, and this is quite a thing that was unfolding over the weekend she was here in tampa one time visited um well mcdill air force base and, also, and general schwarzkopf yeah general schwarzkopf and brenda his wife right spent time with them um and also uh i'll put this one out there too because most people aren't aware of this but um she visited Let's see, I've got it written down here somewhere, but, um, well, darn it. You've got to find well, it. Well, you search oh, for Dick, that, and I'll tell you what the new yeah, thing has been up to. Dick Corbett's farm up in North Florida, the uh, Pinckney Hill Plantation. She stayed oh. up there for a night, and Dick Corbett is a local guy here who was responsible for the building of International Plaza. Oh, that's not nothing. Uh, yeah. was, was that a horse farm, or is that a... Because we know how much she loved horses. Just uh, yeah, it, it is a horse farm too, up in North Florida, and that's I guess why she stayed there. And uh, something Dick Corbett never talked about much, and I haven't talked to him in a while. But we're going to try to get him on the air sometime this week. Oh, that'd be nice. Get him to yeah, and then she was in Tampa via the Royal Yacht Britannia, right? Yeah, yeah. She come sailing in because then she was in Miami as well. I actually got to visit that yacht up in Edinburgh. It's a tourist attraction now. But, uh, yeah, the Queen is in Edinburgh right now, too, as well. Uh, that's yeah. where she's going to Lion State today, services at St. Giles Cathedral. She'll be flown down to London tomorrow. Then uh, later this week they're going to 
leave her body uh, or let her body lie in state at Westminster, uh, where the public will be allowed to have a viewing. They're expecting hundreds of thousands of people. The facility will be open 24 hours a day at the Great Hall for the crowd to file by. So it'll be remarkable. The funeral will take place one week from today, and President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden are expected to attend. Yeah, that's. Uh, by the way, one other thing here too before we run out of time, but that's this the Ukraine, which we've been ignoring pretty much here because it just seems to be endless. But uh, the Russian army is on the run. I understand. Yeah, in pockets, and we marked 200 days since the invasion. Uh, that 200-day anniversary was yesterday. But there are pockets where the Ukrainian military is winning some land back. Uh, about 1,100 square miles, by some estimates, have been won back. Still, Russia controls about 20% of Ukraine. Uh, and to retaliate for this new aggression by the Ukrainian military, Russian forces have cut the power to most the large parts of the eastern Ukraine in particular, so millions of people are in the dark, but President Zelensky with a message to his people last night saying, we don't care if we're in the dark, no light, no gas, no heat, doesn't matter, we don't want you here. Yeah, that's, um, well, it seems like it's going to continue on forever and ever, but we'll have to see how that plays out for sure. But, um, and of course, the observance of 21st anniversary of 9/11 yesterday. Where were you then? Uh, and it was I was uh, the day before on 9/10. I was with President Bush at a library in Jacksonville, at a school in Jacksonville. He was doing a reading event for school children, and I begged the boss not to make me go to Sarasota because it was the same boring event the next day. So I was not with the president. That was the worst news call of my life. Hmm. For sure. Well, anyway, Rory, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Talk to you then. And this report was brought to you by Fitzgerald Automotive. At Fitzgerald, it all begins with a low price in writing posted on the window of every car. Transparency and trust, that's the Fitz way. It's 559 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you with our diurnal dulcetory dialogue here, Jack and James show. Jack Harris and James Berlander, and we got some birthdays here at 608. Pat George, fellow radio guy, uh, Sally Holtgrove Phelps. Eric Weisberg, who works with the Tampa Bay Rays, Terry Hall, Paul Stelricht, uh, Brad, Brad Hall, and Mike Nicotra, or Nicotra, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And do you have any birthdays, James? Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got Danielle Miller, Mike Barbaro, who works here at iHeartRadio, Stu Robinson, and also Chris Lane, who works at iHeart in Orlando. Ah, all right, and a happy birthday to all of them. And if you have any birthdays that you want celebrated on the air, just call James and we'll get them on there. And we've got some, well, some thoughts here from Wayne Greenberg. Uh, first of all, ever wonder why the sun lightens our hair but darkens our skin? 
Why don't you ever see the headline, Psychic Wins the Lottery? Why is abbreviated such a long word? That is true. Why is it the doctors call what they do practice? Uh, let's see. Why is lemon juice made with artificial flavor and dishwashing liquid made with real lemons? Why is the man who invests all your money called a broker? Uh, why is the time of day with the slowest traffic called rush hour? Uh, why didn't Noah swat those two mosquitoes? We wouldn't have had mosquitoes today. Why isn't there mouse-flavored cat food? There might be. I don't know. Well, anyway, that's that'll do us right now. Thank you, Wayne Greenberg. Let's quickly go to Cynthia right now, who's got a comment to make on 9-11. Cynthia, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, yes. Uh, I grew up in a small house in Los Angeles and didn't have a car. I grew up in a rural farming area there and found my my place on parking lot D at Cal State L.A. Years later, I graduated, and I tutored statistics and probability in Appalachia, and uh, notwithstanding the snow and uh, wait, notwithstanding the the uh, snow and everything, I rented. I, I know, but I rented from a man who could have raised his rent for 14 years, and he didn't. And I, I'm planning an audio book, and I, I'm going to send uh, Lee Spann, because I'd like her to, to when, I re, when I make a screenplay, I'd like Lee to, to do that. But I'd like to say that the Fort DeSoto had a weather tornado last night, and I had plenty of water, and I wanted to know, have you, do people ever use water from a dehumidifier? Then also, yeah, uh, we're going to have to run. We're out of time here, Cynthia, and we appreciate your calling. It's six twelve on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Tampa's own Lionel, and the reason we love Mondays, and what's on your mind this morning, Lionel? I loved the lady caller before. <laughs> Humidifier, loved it. Yes. Flag that. Best. Radio gold. You have no idea how I love the call that just goes, just off the, just derails. I love that. It sounds so good. And the humidifier, okay. Like the way you're wrapping it up, all righty. Okay. <laughs> well, a couple other observations. I like traffic reports that say there's an accident on 275. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Is it a problem? Anybody hurt? No. It, should I be aware of it? No. It's just, it's just an accident. <laughs> well, is there a delay? I don't have time to tell you about that. <laughs> I'm loving this. Do you ever listen to your show? Of course you do. But you don't. you got to drive around and listen to it. God, I miss that. I miss that, Jack. I love There's nothing like a great caller that's just like, what are you talking about? Now, are you talking about 9-11 moments? Did I hear correctly? No, I thought so. She, well, she was you supposed don't want to do that. I was here, by the way. 
on Tuesday, 9-11, in the morning. I, will ne- I, I was here, and trust me, you don't want to talk about it. You want to just repeat what everybody says. A day we'll never forget. Do you want to talk about it? No. Do you want to know about the specifics of it? No. You want to hear any irregularities that ex- didn't exactly happen the way? No. We just want to keep saying, never forget. Never forget, never mention, don't discuss it. Just say a few things over and over. Jack, one of these days, well, maybe not. I used to say one of these days. If America sat down and said, let's go and watch, let's roll the tape of what happened that day and what people were first saying, you will blow your mind. Because this was 21 years ago. And and trust me, you don't want to do it now. People do not want to talk about anything. Do you ever hear anybody who wants to talk about the Vietnam War ever? No. Oh, no. Yeah, but no. You, we, we, we have this, you know, Tolstoy said, history would be a wonderful thing if only it were true. And that's what we do. We just repeat these wonderful myths of stuff. I've got to tell you something. You know, Jack, I, I like to look at, for examples of our devolution of our culture. And have you been to a wedding lately? Uh, no. Well, actually a reception. Let me, re- let me rephrase it, because a wedding's now completely unimportant. It's the reception, always has been. <laughs> if they have beer. Have you ever, I, I don't know why this fascinates me, have you ever just walked around there are people, young ladies, first of all, just enormous. The average weight of all Americans is like, I don't know, a 30 BMI, just 50 pounds minimum overweight, absolutely, with no concept that your clothes have to fit your size. You ever, you ever see these, like, men used to this? Remember the old guys from, like, Plant City have, like, a 32 waist with a 60-inch gut that would just pour over their bulk? Well, now we're seeing that. But I, I, I've got to tell you something. If you, if, if you go to a reception, just look at the women covered in carnival-like state fair tattoos, <laughs> and they don't know it. They think, this looks great, doesn't it? Not really. Have you ever stopped for a second and just looked around? Go to a mall, just pull off to the side, and just look. And think to yourself, my God. And it will make you realize that humans will do anything to be cool. Anything. That was an experiment. Have you also noticed this? I know, Jack, we're completely derailing the show, which is my middle name. (laughs) You know that we don't pronounce, young people in particular, cannot pronounce the letter T. Like the name Martin comes out Martin. Cotton is cotton. Uh, Little Italy. For some reason, once you hear this, once you are aware, and I don't know where this came from, people from all regionalities, young people in particular, cannot pronounce the letter T, button. (laughs) Button. It's the strangest thing. Now, as well, far as 9-11 goes... Well, well we're out of uh, time. I can't say tea. <laughs> you talk to a lady for 20 minutes about dehumidifying liquid. Let me get this straight. <laughs> Interrupted by a man who says there's a traffic accident somewhere. <laughs> and, Jack, you're still number one in the mornings. <laughs> Let me just say this. Number one in the mornings. Well, as in the morning. Lionel, you are number one in our hearts. We love Mondays because of you. Number 16 in your playbook. Anyway, Jack, we love you. 
Have a great, great day. Keep up the great work. And by the way, please flag that woman's call in the best of for your okay. for your reel. That was right. pure radio and gold. Keep love. up the great work on Twitter, by the way. I love your Twitter indeed. stuff. It's Oh, indeed, sir. Jack, all the best. Have a great day. Thank you. LionelMedia.com is where you'll find our own Lionel from Tampa. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got our traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 625, we're joined now by Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter. And Aaron, the uh, heat wave has really been incredible out in the West and the toll it's taking out there. Yes, it's been a big, big problem. So these high temperatures in the western U.S., they're hitting the produce industry. They're really damaging crops. They're shrinking shipments. And they're hurting the quality and, and the overall availability of things like lettuce, berries, melons. And, and retailers, they're, they're either looking for new suppliers or they're scaling back their offerings of lower quality product altogether. And listen, people tend to be pretty big snobs in the produce aisle. They like the pretty stuff. And the, if the pretty stuff is not available, grocers are not interested in, in keeping it on the shelves. So really, it's, it comes down to the heat. The lettuce leaves, believe it or not, this kind of blew my mind. They're turning brown and they're melting in the fields because of crop disease that's really intensified by these high temperatures. There's, there's something called phythium wilt and necrotic spot virus. And, and these are both soil-borne and insect transmitted and it's a big problem for the industry also production costs are super high right now due to higher transportation costs along with labor shortages so across the board it's a big problem and and food prices overall they're up 10.9 percent at the moment which is outpacing inflation at 8.5 percent that was as of august so it's a big issue yeah i can imagine and uh the heat i mean it's gone on of course some say this is all about climate change and think there's something we can do about climate change, but we ain't going to be able to change the climate no matter what we do. Yeah, I know what I think it comes down to, regardless to where you stand on climate change, if it's man-made or, or happening overall, it's happening. And the fact of the matter is it's going to affect many, many things, such as our food in the grocery store, the cost, and, and it's going to affect the producers of it as well. And get this, so this was kind of an interesting stat. 85% of the cost for agricultural production is related to what happens after the food leaves the farm that's transportation processing packaging uh, and storage so if all of these costs are up because of climate and related issues it's an issue it's not going to go anywhere and we need to basically readjust how we do things Uh, and beyond that it seems like food prices are not coming down according to the usda the u.s agricultural department there they say that food prices while they might decrease slightly we should expect higher prices to just be the new norm yeah, and of course, we've got runaway inflation now, and that's not about to stop anytime soon, and that's costing the American consumer in a big way as well. Exactly, and the Fed has, has said time and time again, we've talked about it many times, Jack, that Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve are committed to cutting inflation, which is why they're going to continue to raise interest rates, and while that will hurt the general population in the short term. It, it is almost like taking our medicine in terms of pulling some of the money out of the out of the system that has been injected via the pandemic. How true. Aaron Royale, we appreciate your joining us now, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 
Thank you. Bye. And uh, uh, James has got the dope of the day coming up here in a little bit. I do. And you don't certainly don't want to fail to enjoy not missing that. Why would it be the Border Patrol? We'll tell you that coming up after news. Okay, it's 629 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 638 on AM Tampa Bay. And who's our dope of the day, James? Well, Jack, our dope of the day is something that you would never expect. Our dope of the day is the Border Patrol down in El Paso. Do you have any idea why? Why is that? So, uh, Border Patrol officials in El Paso, Texas, they say the agency found a woman trying to cross the border with 50 undeclared wheels of cheese in her trunk. Now, these wheels, they're huge. They total 100 pounds of cheese. Now, originally, she had only declared 10 wheels of cheese when she talked to the officials. So, they find her $1,000, and she was released from, con- from uh, custody. While the 50 wheels of cheese were seized and destroyed pursuant to existing guidelines, no word on if the guidelines are, you know, eh, maybe they involve some crackers. But still, I think the dope <laughs> of the day is Border Patrol. They're destroying good cheese. Well, there you go. Who destroys cheese? They should, like you say, get get a few thousand crackers and enjoy it. Exactly. Need them for our football platters. <laughs> Definitely so. By the way, I heard you had a special date over the weekend. Yeah, uh, September 10th. That was, um, it was 52 years ago on September 10th that I first went on the air here at WFLA. Wow. Um, it wasn't a morning show then. I was the midday show from 10 to 2. And I was also, believe it or not, production director. Huh. Uh, you know, I can't handle anything with these computers. <laughs> but back then we had tapes, and I was pretty good. And then, of course, I was gone in the mid-70s, went to D.C. for a year and a half. And the mid-80s, I got fired in, in uh, when was it? Who would fire Jack Harris? Come on. <laughs> well, they fired me in 19... Well, I've forgotten what... 94, 6? Well, it doesn't matter. You're no, back wait. now. It was way back before <laughs> that. It was way back before that. And I went to work... In 86, I got fired. Went to work at the Q Zoo for a couple of years. Then back on the FM, and we started the Power Pig. And then... Power 93. Yeah, late in the 90s, I became a member of the morning team with Ted Webb on the AM. Legendary morning show. Have been that ever since. (laughs) That was fun working with Teddy, I'll tell you what. That was incredible. But 52 years and working on 53. Incredible. Awesome job. Congratulations, Jack. Hey, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to John Walsh of Brandon that I ran into at Sonny's Barbecue up in Alachua over the weekend. And uh, he's our morning show listener. And he and some buddies were headed up to the Panhandle to play golf. So I want to say good morning to them. It's 642 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 644, Jay, what's up this morning? 
Well, lots of things. I mean, uh, it's still kind of looking back at the uh, anniversary of, of 9-11 yesterday. I, obviously, this this time of year is something that uh, causes a lot of us to be very uh, respective with regards to the things that took place. And I always think about a guy by the name of Ben Sliney. He worked for the FAA. He was in charge of their command center on the morning of 9-11. And it was his first day on the job. And, Jack, when he came in, he wasn't there probably an hour, hour and a half when they started having the situation with the aircraft uh, striking the the, the uh, Twin Tower. And this guy had to make a call, and he made the order to close U.S. airspace. That had never been done before, but uh, it was clear that some of these aircraft were compromised from a security standpoint. He knew the easiest way to track those flights would be if they were the only ones in the air. Uh, so he made the unprecedented call to close U.S. airspace and order every single airplane to land immediately. And it's a contingency that had never been tried before, had never been imagined. And uh, air traffic controllers pulled it off and got all those airplanes out of the sky within uh, 90 minutes or less. And it was just an incredible uh, performance by a lot of people that had to make it up as they went along. And uh, that way they... Uh, Again, it was just incredible to see, but what a call on your first day on the job to order every airplane in the sky, which was more than 4,000, to land immediately. Yeah, and it was a while before flying got back to normal again. Yeah, it was four days, and, and, and we talk frequently about how the airline industry is an integral part of the U.S. economy. And that's one of the reasons that terrorists always want to go after commercial aviation. Uh, it gets a lot of attention worldwide anytime there's a, an accident. Plus, if you can slow down the transportation of passengers and cargo within the United States, it has an adverse impact on the U.S. economy. And uh, the air travel was shut down for four days, and it was only after that that it resumed. Of course, we had a lot of National Guard people that were stationed at uh, the security checkpoints around the country in kind of a show of strength, which left me scratching my head because it was like, come on, uh, the attacks had nothing to do with the lapse in security uh, at all. I mean, everybody did their job. Nothing nothing got past us at the time. And, uh, you know, the idea of showing a strength with the National Guard was nothing more than to try to, from a perception standpoint, uh, to try to make people feel a little bit safer when they flew. But uh, it's, you know, the thing that I always look at is we can always honor the lives of those that, that were lost by making things safer today than what it was before. And I still have surprisingly discussions with people that tell me that it's not safer today to fly than it was prior to 9-11. And, Jack, I'm very quick to remind them that before 9-11, we didn't screen any domestic luggage at all. It went from the counter to the tug to the aircraft. And my biggest fear back then was somebody could put explosives in a bag and it would be put on an airplane. We would never know it until it went off. Uh, we do that now. That makes air aviation safer. Plus, we're using those full-body imaging scanners, uh, those scanners that detect liquid or powder explosives. Before 9-11, uh, we went through those magnetometers that just looked for metal, and that was it. So we're doing a lot of things now that have probably doubled the safety that we've had. Uh, we've got a long way to go before we get to where we need to be, but uh, I am glad to see the... Uh, uh, the way that we've we've strengthened uh, the security at airports uh, around the country. Oh yeah, prior to nine eleven, when you went to the airport, you could get there right before the plane left and walk on out to the air side and get in line, get on the plane. And, and many times, put your shotgun in the overhead compartment too, without anybody uh, having a, having a problem with it. But you know, one of the things that people ask me is, Jay, why didn't we have uh, you know reinforced cockpit doors? Because that would have helped, and really wouldn't have during 9/11. Because at the time, flight crews were taught 
to cooperate with the hijackers like a bank teller would until the law enforcement agencies got involved and and then how it ever resolved it did. Uh, the idea of somebody taking over an aircraft and using it as a missile was something we never anticipated. In fact, we were getting monthly briefings from the FBI and the FAA on the rising volume of the bin Laden threats, and especially that summer when things got to be very, very uh, concerning, when they were talking about a spectacular attack. And our concern was surface-to-air missiles uh, being fired at airplanes that are either landing or taking off, uh, or, again, explosives in check bags. Those were our biggest concerns. Um, that's what we were preparing for, and unfortunately, uh, it's not what happened, and, and we were caught off guard, and, and unfortunately, a lot of lives were lost on that uh, horrific day. Oh, yeah, horrific day that people spent the weekend thinking back on and where they were and all of those kind of things. But, Jay, thanks for joining us this morning on AM Tampa Bay. Jack, you're very welcome, sir. All right, it's... 649 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and our traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. The Jack and James Show, and our thanks to James Berlander for a great job here this morning. You're welcome. By the way, I just wanted to mention that um, Windows of the World is a uh, restaurant that was at the top of the World Trade Center. And Joy and I ate there one time many, many years ago. Um, and it was obviously an incredible view from there, as you might imagine. But um, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, this weekend we were um, did some traveling in the north part of the state which, incidentally, when you go out in the farm country and everything, there are Trump signs all over the place and never a Biden sign. If the election were only held in central Florida or in rural Florida, Trump would run away with it. <laughs> but it's just interesting to see that everywhere you went, Trump signs, Trump signs. But so much for that. Um, but anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention here, and I've forgotten what oh, I wanted to say a good morning to T.J. Owings, our other listener from Bradenton, and a former West Virginian from Fairmont, West Virginia. Um, and there was one other thing. Oh, we were in Inverness, well, passing through Inverness on the way to North Florida, and we stopped at Stump Knockers for lunch, which we uh, always do when we go through Inverness. But the oh, and, and we did see this too. There's Stump Knockers, and there's also a bar named Lollygaggers. Oh wow! I love that. And for those who don't know the word, Lollygagging used to be with friends getting together and talking. Friends getting together and lollygagging. But that aside, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, um, if you have never been there to see it, you need to go to uh, Palm Harbor and to see. This is at the Curlew Hills Memory Gardens, and they have a tribute to... 9-11 and it's 
really incredible. Um, and it's just a tribute to those who died on that day. And it's got a, one of the beams from the World Trade Center, which of course collapsed. But uh, it's something that you need to see if you haven't before. There were a couple of thousand people there yesterday as Governor Ron DeSantis was there too. And again, if you haven't seen that tribute to those who lost their lives on September 11th, you need to do it. And again, it's at Curlew Hills Memory Gardens. Meanwhile, we will see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.